Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Terror. I'm John Morrison. As always, we are delighted to be sponsored this series by IB Taurus, an imprint of Bloomsbury Publishing. So, if you want to check out their catalogue, they have excellent titles in terrorism and counter-terrorism studies, as well as numerous other topics that might be relevant and might be of interest to you. But also, if you have that idea of a terrorism or counter-terrorism studies book that you want to get published, be sure to drop them a line. Be sure to send in your proposal. You would be getting pu published with a really excellent publisher and with a, a really good supportive team around you. Today's episode was recorded on the 18th of March 2019, so we're just in the days after the Christchurch attack, uh, the Christchurch far-right terrorism attack on the mosques there. So uh, we won't be discussing it in detail or really at all in today's podcast, but in future podcasts this may be a topic that we would be definitely returning back to. As always, as well, if you or anyone you know is interested in doing a Master's and MSc in Terrorism and Counter-Terrorism Studies, we are offering one here at Royal Holloway University of London starting in September 2019. Um, people, we're accepting applicants from a range of, of backgrounds because we really feel that Terrorism and Counter-Terrorism Studies really needs to be, uh, have an interdisciplinary uh, focus in order to give us the most comprehensive understanding of what is going on and what uh, can work in counter-terrorism and countering violent extremism. One of the areas that we'll be focusing on within that Masters is, are the issues of radicalization and counter-radicalization. And specifically, uh, at one stage, we're going to look at radicalization and counter-radicalization in higher education. And that is the exact topic that we're talking about today. I'm delighted to have with me Catherine McGlynn and Sean McDade from Huddersfield University, who published a really great book to, as part of the Great Debates in, in Higher Education series titled Radicalization and Counter-Radicalization in Higher Education, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's going to be specifically looking at these issues in relation uh, to the UK and predominantly England in relation to this. We're going to be talking about issues like uh, the prevent duty, vulnerability and safeguarding, universities as sources of radicalization, and so much more. So, Enough of my preamble about this. I might as well talk to those people who have done this really excellent research on this. Catherine, Sean, thank you so much for joining me on today's pod. So, first of all, this issue of radicalization in uh, higher education, in universities, could you give us a bit of a background of understanding about this? Is this a really uh, significant issue in your, in your eyes?
And so was this a surprise to both of you uh, with your research? And we'll get on to your methodologies and so on uh, later on. But did you go into this research thinking that actually this will be a big issue? This is a big issue that we're considering. So with this change um, in focus, what way did you go about approaching carrying out this research? And before we get on to these, uh, the results of these focus groups and your analysis of the, the, the documentation coming out of the universities, on the face of it, what um, does the prevent duty request universities and staff within universities to be doing? Um, and what's the history behind this?
And what kind of public reaction has there been to the prevent duty by, um, by say the the university unions, the lecturers' unions, as well as uh, within the media? Uh, for because we've got quite an international uh, listenership here. So just could you um, give an idea of what kind of reaction we're, we were hearing to to the prevent duty, and specifically in relation to this. Uh, to this duty for higher education institutions. So yeah, so within your analysis, so you've got this activity around uh, free speech about uh, what would to some people be controversial speakers on campus as well. What else have we seen? What else did you find uh, from your analysis uh, of the of the those university documentations and the way that the approaches are? And is there a disparity here uh, across across universities, or has it been consistent?
So do you feel that, do you feel, what, were there people engaging with the universities in these policy documents who had an expertise uh, in this area, who had, um, who were specialists in relation to the psychology of terrorism, and why people becoming involved in terrorist groups and uh, radicalization as a whole? Or was this the universities doing it uh, without engagement with, uh, without, without engagement with it, with expertise in the area? And with while what we're talking about here is uh, these policies that have been put in place by the universities. How has this uh, how has this been reflected, uh, practically speaking, on the ground? Has it changed the way that the universities have uh, engaged in this issue, um, or is it just something to be about that bare minimum compliance that we've got it there in our documentation and then we'll just ignore it? Like, has it changed universities practically?
And obviously you're both quite critical uh, of, of this and for understandable reasons, but are there any benefits that you have found to uh, this prevent duty and to the approaches that universities have taken?
So what is the framework do you feel that should be uh, utilized to explain individuals' engagement and involvement in terrorism and with terrorist groups if, as you've been saying, uh, this radicalization lens is, uh, is deeply flawed? And what was the, what's the legal basis for this prevent duty and has this been challenged at all in relation to prevent duty for higher education institutions?
And are we seeing other cases now, like the Nottingham, Nottingham case, like the Staffordshire case? Are we seeing these cases of students who are preparing for an essay, an assignment, an exam in these kind of areas being pulled up or being highlighted as being vulnerable because of the text that they're looking at? Or has there been actually no change in regards to this? And are we seeing are we seeing the reverse of that as well? Are we seeing uh, so those who would be uh, very actively against uh, the prevent duty being also actively for uh, no platforming, for example, of of those kind of speakers that you were talking about. With this, uh, this is largely associated. Now you mentioned at the beginning it's been 
been linked with the coalition government, with the conservative government, and also uh, there, there are elements of the, the former Labour government before that, you can link parts of these policies and parts of the duty to it. But now it's been firmly linked with uh, the, the current conservative government. So what's the reaction from uh, the opposition benches within Westminster being to this? And what are they providing an alternative or is it just get rid of it completely? And when we're, when we're looking at this, and we've, we've talked about policy, we've talked about the political impact here and broad themes around this, but one of the great things that you did in this research is you sat down and you had those focus groups um, with, with staff as well as, as with students. So what did you find from this? What, was, what did you find from talking to people who were dealing with this day in, day out, or maybe not dealing with it day in, day out, how has this affected their experience within, uh, within the universities and within the classrooms and elsewhere?
Yeah, I was about to say the same. That is, the, these these findings do seem like like issues that would be there anyway, irrespective of the prevent duty. That people you would hope have sensitivity in the way that they they put forward their arguments in class, and that they are understanding when a topic may be controversial or not, and being able to to deal with that uh, in a sensitive manner. Um, yeah, it, it it didn't strike me as well that. A lot of this was was being pushed by the by was as a result of the prevent duty. And um, one of the things you do in the final chapter is that really very helpfully is you've got these five uh, four core recommendations uh, in relation to this in relation to your findings. What were your key recommendations? What were these recommendations uh, from your research? Yeah, and say, uh, I I I echo that this this call for data is something that has come up in both this series and uh, and series one as well. But you feel in an in a in a topic like this, focusing on higher education institutions and with the issues that you've raised. So take for example, uh, when we look at Greenwich, as as you had said, 
the wariness then to be putting forward, there might be a wariness to put be putting forward their data if they feel like they could be castigated for uh, for this as well. So there also needs to be an environment that is not just to to say data needs to be put forward, but there needs to be an environment where it is uh, comfortable for that that for those universities to put forward that data without fear of castigation. No, completely. I completely agree. It's um, yeah. It's 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 something that needs to be uh, it needs to be to be pushed even even stronger than it is being uh, by so many of us now. Um, what's the future for this research? Are you going to take this another step, or is are you moving on to other non-connected projects? And actually, before we go, has there been any reaction from the universities to your research, uh, to to the book, um, or has been uh, has it been silent?
Yeah, no, I think I think it definitely does that. It it um it's it's a very balanced reflection. It's um it's taking taking it all on from taking the university perspectives on as well as from the the students and the and the staff there. So it's uh, I think it's definitely something that's worthwhile for people to engage with and for people to read and to, and to follow where this research goes. And moving forward, so this is radicalization and counter radicalization in higher education by Catherine McGlynn and Sean McDade, a part of the Great Debates in Higher Education series. Catherine, Sean, thanks so much for being on on today's podcast. And uh, yeah, I, we're looking forward to following this research uh, in greater depth uh, as as it moves forward, as it uh, as it continues on. So, just finally, before we um, before we finish up. How was your own university react to this, and were they supportive of your research? That's brilliant. It's great to see a university supportive in a in a topic such as this. I'm sure it's to their great benefit that they were able to have you both doing this research as well. So, uh, no, that's brilliant to hear. Sean, Catherine, thanks so much for this. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to, to to watching closely what what comes next for you both. So, if as always, if any of you have... Uh, Want to want to follow what we're doing here on the Talking Terror podcast? Be sure to follow us on on Twitter at Terror underscore Podcast. You can follow me at Marson underscore JF. If you want to, um, if you want to do that Masters in Terrorism and Counterterrorism Studies, and um, and engage with these kind of topics and be able to discuss these kind of topics, uh, and um, and hear about all the debates uh, in this area. Uh, be sure to check out our um, our program, uh, MSc in Terrorism and Counterterrorism Studies at Royal Holloway University of London starting in September 2019. It's a bit strange actually advertising that after the discussion that we've been been just having, but uh, it's definitely uh, definitely something for you to, to check out if you are interested in this topic. Thanks as always to our sponsors, IB Taurus, for their continued support in this podcast. And be sure to listen out next week for our next episodes. Okay, thanks so much, and I hope you all have a good week.